The lectionary is now taking us to the Sermon on the Mount. And so I would encourage you to be careful. This is dangerous stuff here, Jesus says. It's one of the reasons I think we avoid it. Okay? So, but the lectionary makes us look at it at least once every three years. It's a powerful passage. Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Listen to the word of God. When he saw the crowds, he went up the hill. And when he took his seat, and when his disciples had gathered around him, he began to address them. And this is the teaching he gave. Blessed are those who know their need of God. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall receive comfort. Blessed are those of gentle spirit, for they shall have the earth for their possession. How blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who show mercy, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are those whose hearts are pure, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. God shall call him their sons and daughters. How blessed are those who have suffered persecution for the cause of righteousness. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. How blessed are you when you suffer insults and persecution and every kind of calamity for my sake. Accept it with gladness and exultation, for you have a rich reward in heaven. In the same way, they persecuted the prophets before you. May God bless the hearing and reading of his holy word. So let us pray. Lord, open up our eyes and our hearts that through your word proclaimed, we may encounter you, the living word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I was shown a film clip the other day, uh, a trailer for a movie, and I thought it was a joke, but it actually is a movie. It actually looked like one of those things, remember in high school you had to do a project and you put a film together? Okay. All right. Well, it's a little easier to do that now than when I was in high school, but it, it looked about that quality. And the opening scene is there is a priest who's hearing a confessional. And this sleazy-looking guy says, um, you know, I'm a drug dealer, I've done horrible things, I haven't been in confession for three years, I kill people all the time. And all of a sudden a claw breaks through the confessional and kills the drug dealer. Or apparently it kills the drug dealer. And this name of this movie is called The Lasso Pastor. What happens is, periodically, this priest uh, turns into a dinosaur. And that's the whole theme of the movie. And it's pretty ridiculous looking. Um, and apparently he has kung fu skills, too. At one point they're having kung fu fighting. So sometimes he is a dinosaur, and other times he is a bad kung fu artist. But at any rate, at the final scene, scene, the superior comes up to him and he goes, God doesn't want you to go around killing people. And the priest goes, oh, I believe there are lots of people God wants me to kill. So, I'm sure you all go home and watch that. Now, I hope that's still funny. Okay, I mean, it really can't be as bad. But I hope the idea that a priest or a preacher saying, I hope there are lots of people that God wants to be dead, I hope that we can still see that as irony. Sometimes I'm not so sure. You see, the church on a regular basis forgets what Jesus said. (laughs) On a very regular basis, we forget that we actually are following Jesus. 
The Sermon on the Mount gives us an opportunity to remember what we're supposed to be about. I was not a big Seinfeld episode, but there's one episode that I've used frequently, both in training pastors and sometimes in counseling situations with people. And there was an episode where George Costanza, uh, one of the most pathetic characters of all time, uh, which makes him hilarious, uh, has this revelation. And he comes back to the diner and he tells Jerry that every decision I've ever made has been wrong. My instincts are always wrong. So therefore, the opposite of what my natural inclination to do must be right. And if you remember the episode, he starts doing the opposite of what he would normally do, and he becomes remarkably successful. I've told a few people, whatever your instincts are, don't listen to them, okay? <laughs> we probably all know people like that. And yet, that may be a little bit what the kingdom of God is like. The illustration I gave of the kids, right? What if Upside Down is actually right? There was a wonderful book that was written, uh, I guess it was written in the 70s or 80s, called The Upside Down Kingdom. And its whole point was, what Jesus values, what Jesus lifts up, tends to be very different than what we think. The George Costanza principle of going against your natural inclinations may have some truth about it when it comes to the Lord. You know, that's part of what I think, what would Jesus do? Remember that movement. It was well-intentioned, but there's a lot of flaws to that. First of all, if you read the Gospels carefully, no one ever knew what Jesus was going to do next, Right? His own people were always confused. They were confused about it. Okay? All right? he, talks to, he talks to sinful people. And that doesn't seem right. Okay? He makes the religious leaders upset. That seems not the way to go. He tells us we need to forgive, not judge. What's, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what he's going to do next. He lets bad people touch him. But he, he gets the good people all angry at him. Sermon on the Mount starts out with Beatitudes. It's always tempted to turn them into like a list of virtues. As a matter of fact, the prayer of confession we use today, um, I, I, I chose it because it, it reinforces these Beatitudes. But part of what the, whoever wrote that prayer is playing off the idea that the, the Beatitudes are actually virtues. And they're not really virtues. I mean, some of them are just situations. Okay. If you're mourning, that's not a virtue. That's a reality, right? If you have bad things happening in your life, that's not something you chose to have happen. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. If you're running around looking for persecution, you've got, <laughs> you've got it wrong. But what the Beatitudes are, are kind of a series of observations. Some of them are a positioning of ourselves, right? Some of them are situations you find yourselves in. And the world and society is pretty consistent in having values that are counter to what Jesus was and is about. And the history of the church is we more often tend to look like those around us than the way of Jesus. 
We tend to baptize our greed, and the greed stays. <laughs> we tend to baptize our prejudices, and the prejudices stay. That's not what's supposed to happen. And so I think these Beatitudes are to cause to reflect. They're open-ended statements. Some of them may speak more deeply to where you are in your life right now. But Jesus is always a corrective. He's a corrective to the church. He's a corrective to ourselves. He's a corrective to the world. Now our society says, and many Christians agree, that blessed are those who accumulate, who cheat, who expand themselves, who build their empires at the expense of others. But Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. God is not impressed with the rich and the powerful. But when you recognize your need, God is there. When you need him, when you open your heart to him, God is present. Even if the poverty remains. And yours is the kingdom of heaven. Our society says, and many Christians agree, that you're supposed to amuse and distract yourself. Numb whatever pain you feel. Avoid the pain of others. But Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. In your losses, in your grief, in your pain, in your sorrow. Jesus wept as you wept, as you weep. And you shall be ultimately comforted. Our society says, and many Christians agree, that blessed are the bold, the aggressors, those who believe there's nothing you cannot do if you put your mind to it, those who believe your worth is found in your achievements, But Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Blessed are you when you know your limitations. Blessed are you when you allow others to flourish. You shall inherit the earth because you will be content with what you have. Our society says, and many Christians agree, that blessed are those who hunger for power and status, for pleasure. Blessed are those who never are satisfied. But Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice, who do not rest while others are oppressed, who do not forget those who are imprisoned those who are victims of the strong. Blessed are those who are satisfied with things that last, the things of God. Our society says, and many Christians agree, blessed are those who uphold our standards. Blessed are those who are like us. 
Let us judge. Let us virtue shape. Let us kick people when they are down so that we may feel better about ourselves. Let us rejoice in the misfortune of others. But Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they love much because they know they have been forgiven much. They remember, but for the grace of God go I. And they also recognize that actually they do go those ways. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Our society says, and many Christians agree, blessed are the liars and distorters, whose motives are always for self-gain, those who win at any cost. But Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, those who know the truth about their own souls. For they shall see God because they know they are not God. Our society and many Christians say, blessed are those who make a profit from war. For they are the sons of Cain. They kill their brothers. Blessed are those that demonize others. Blessed are those that hate their enemies. Blessed are those who nurse grudges. But Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they take the risk to heal what is broken. They refuse to scapegoat others. They know that all people are equally loved by God. They ultimately get to the point where they have no enemies because they know that God has no enemies. And they shall be called the children of God because in small concrete ways they choose the path and the way of the Son of God who gave his body to make peace with God and humanity. Peacemakers are the brothers and sisters of Jesus. Clarence Jordan, reflecting on the Sermon on the Mount, said this. Even though people about us choose the path of hate and violence and warfare and greed and prejudice, we who are Christ's body must throw off these poisons and let love permeate and cleanse every tissue and cell. Nor are we to allow ourselves to become easily discouraged when love is not always obviously successful or pleasant. Love never quits. Even when an enemy has hit you on the right cheek and you've turned the other and he's also hit that. This table represents the upside kingdom, upside down kingdom of our Lord. The good news is that God does not look at us the way the world looks at us. The challenge is that this table is the table of the kingdom, and that we come here to be forgiven, to be renewed, to be strengthened, to go out and 
follow not the way of society, but the way of Jesus. And may you find Jesus anew as you come to his table this day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.